What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What's up, H-Town and Astros fans everywhere? Worth noting that we are actually ranked in the top 100 baseball podcasts in UK, South Korea, Austria. We've been in the top 100 in Australia. So uh, thanks so much for everybody listening all around the globe. I know there's a ton of uh, Astros fans all over the place, so happy that you guys could be with us. Um, welcome to episode 34, the greatest number in Houston sports history. Yeah, thank Absolutely. Of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network, I'm Jeff Balky, my partner, the relaxed off-season golfer, who I'm sure is never annoyed when his uh, ball misses a fairway. Yeah, Blum, are you <laughs> Jeff Blum? Blummer, are you? Do you do you get? Are you a frustrated golfer? Or are you someone who just takes it all in stride? Um, my my attitude. Well, yeah, my nature. And I'm not sure if it's growing up in California or whatever it is, but I've definitely got a little more of a laid back attitude mm. about it. But at the same time, being an ex professional athlete, I have <laughs> I was an gonna idea. Say. <laughs> I have an idea of who I should be and want to be. And when I don't raise to that level, yes, I do get frustrated. I'm not a I'm not a club thrower. I'm not a club I was gonna snapper. Say, have you ever winged but, one into the woods? You know, just no, like. <laughs> I have not. I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've tossed a golf ball off the, you know, once I finally get the ball in the hole, I'll, fi- I'll fire the ball into the water every once in a while, but I'm not a club thrower. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I, obviously you would anticipate me having a very creative vernacular when I do get upset. I do. <laughs> well, I have a very creative vernacular on just a random daily basis. So, so I feel for you. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Be able, be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. And give us a follow on Twitter if you dare, at Believe in Astros. Find me at Jeff Balky Blummers at Blummer27. Send us comments, questions, holiday movie recommendations, but please Ooh. no Hallmark films. Um, and also, send us your Spotify wrapped top tunes. I'd like to oh, know wow. what some of you guys have if you're a Spotify user. Mine were, <laughs> mine were so bizarre because they were all skewed towards the one playlist that i use for working out so like <laughs> it was like this it was like <laughs> every year it's a little weird because most of the time when i'm listening to to it i'm not picking songs i'll like listen to a bunch of jazz music or something when i'm cooking or whatever it is mm-hmm. so this year it was all like hard rock music <laughs> it's just a full <laughs> list of just hard rock balls to the wall because it was all for working out but isn't so, that good news i mean that means you're working out a lot so good for you uh, that's well that's true that is absolutely true that playlist gets uh gets worn out for sure so blummer you look bundled up this morning i know we I talked it's cold is it oh. cold in your house right now yeah, I woke up today. You know, our bedroom is is typically a little bit warmer for whatever reason. I don't know if it's a location in the house or lack mm-hmm. of, you know, ventilation or whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, I woke up, went outside of our bedroom to wish our girls a great day at school. And, man, I was it, it was chilly. And I threw on, a, a you know, the first, the base layer of the, uh, the Cadence Bank Houston Open uh, nice. base layer. And then I just couldn't handle it. So I went straight dude rap. <laughs> and went with the, the, my Jeff Lebowski look because I'm freezing in here. I was going to say, you look like you're ready for the ski lodge. Oh, at any I minute. a little hot toddy. Exactly. Yeah. No, 
100%. I don't want to ski. I don't want to actually ski. I'm not crazy enough oh. to do that. I just want to hang out in the lodge. That's my... I'll, I'll give it a day or two, but uh, we're actually going to go uh, take the girls skiing, I should say, this oh, cool. this uh, Christmas break. And yes, I will be in this similar outfit with a little, <laughs> you know, hopefully something that I can just pinch the handle on and just take <laughs> sips out of. <laughs> exactly. That is a very good plan. Uh, quick note for our sponsor, Bet Online. Uh, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. I'm very curious what the over-under is on the return of Deshaun Watson this weekend against the oh, Texans. Man. It's going to be super weird. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a bad joke about the over-under on the number of massage oh, therapists he'll contact, yeah. but I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> I can, maybe uh, yeah, I already I made say, that joke. Is that like a Navy ship pulling into port? <laughs> it's like, what is it? They call it Navy Week in New York. Yeah. They just pull in and <laughs> it's Deshaun Week. Oh, God. Head to, head to <laughs> betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline where the game starts. So, Blummer, we have a lot to talk about today. Oddly enough, this uh, very first day of December, um, the hot stove is absolutely smoking right now. Uh, we are, by the way, because it's December 1st, we're roughly 75 days from the opening of spring training. How about that for you? Think about I was, that. I was, I was reading and, you know, there's some Twitter accounts like, oh my gosh, you know, the hot stove's heating up early. I'm like, dude, there isn't much time. This hot stove no. better come in hot. No, I mean, it better, it better be like a Viking range yeah. because it's, yeah, it's like a pizza oven because it, yeah, we're like, you know, we're not even three months away from spring training, which is just Unreal. nuts. And of course, the winter meetings uh, starting next week in San Diego mm -hmm. were a lot of the a lot of things happen. You know what? The last time I was in San Diego, I, you know, Blummer, you know, my wife used to be the editor for a magazine here in town. We went to, we did a story on a couple that owns a spa outside of San Diego, like a health spa, one of those places mm -hmm. where you like, they torture you in the morning and then give you massages in the afternoon. <laughs> and so we, we, we break went you for, down before we build you up, you know? Right. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and we went for three days um, to this thing. And I mean, it's where like Oprah goes, right? It's like one of those. And the week after we were there, all of the owners of the major league teams and their wives were taking it over for a week because it was right before the San Diego, uh, when the all-star game was held in San Diego. Oh, nice. And I'm, and I remember thinking, I remember thinking, I'm here the week before the owners of Major League Baseball are here. Like, this is super surreal. As I'm saying, as I'm like hiking up a mountain and cursing my existence. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the San Diego, look, the, the, the hot stove, if it's going to uh, warm up anytime, it's going to happen in the next week. The, I think the winter meetings start on Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, and especially with Jim Crane sort of running the show at the moment. Uh, you know, and speaking of that, Jose Abreu. So we yes. have talked about it on here repeatedly about how we felt like that was sort of the number one target, or at least one of our, you know, uh, the guys high on our list. And the Astros go out and get him three years, um, 
reasonable amount of money when you consider about 50 almost 60 million which mm-hmm. for a guy like him a little less than what Rizzo got for example um and a reasonable number of years he's 35 will be 36 in January um what t- talk about what this is going to mean I mean we can talk about the analytics and how the F4 for the for their for the lineup oh went from gosh. like 29 to like 33 <laughs> with one addition. Yeah. But talk about what this is going to do for the Astros um, on the field. We can discuss off the field too because obviously he's a really good dude and a big-time leader in the clubhouse. But what does this mean for the Astros on the field and in their lineup? Yeah, th- and this is nothing to take away from Yuli Gurriel because right. he, he is beloved. He he is a phenomenal human, like you like we know, yeah. and he played an extremely good first base. Yet at this given moment, Jose Abreu, like we've been talking about, is is a definite upgrade. And it's kind of interesting that his number, his contract number, was lower than Rizzo, who the Astros were out there trying to acquire. So I think it's great that they got a little bit better deal and arguably maybe a better hitter in uh, Jose Abreu as far as production is concerned, I feel. I know that the home runs maybe at 15 are down a little bit, but we love playing this analytic game like you're talking about, and he may have had 22 last year if he'd have been playing in full-time in Minute Maid Park. I was going to say, yeah, everybody talks about that. If you look at the the hits that he had, it would have been 22 Mm -hmm. here as opposed to 15 in, uh, in Chicago. So there's a ballpark factor that's mixed in there, and then you insert him into a lineup where he's not expected to be the MVP. And I think a little more relaxed, uh, more opportunistic uh, Jose Abreu is going to make him a better hitter. And I think he spoke about it in his press conference saying, I wanted to be in a family that wanted to win. And this is definitely that family atmosphere. They're going to embrace him. He's got a great rapport with a lot of the Latin guys already, and he's going to mix right in. But I do think that this makes this better. Your F4 number that you brought up too is amazing because not only does it go from you know the mid twenties into the thirty low thirties thirty four I've even seen as high as thirty six in some of the numbers that they calculate, and what that does is surprisingly puts this offense better than 2019. I know. And that 2019 Astro team, I remember TK and I comparing it to the Bronx Bombers of the early right. or the late 1920s, early 1930s of the New York Yankees. And when you start to do that and then add it to the pitching staff the Astros already have, right. good Lord, if I'm around the league right now, I'm going, man, these sons of guns, they, they're good. They're, they're defending World Series champions, and they just added a phenomenal talent in Jose yeah. Abreu. I think a lot of the question around Jose is going to be defensively because that's where Yuli really shined. It really is. I, you know, just quickly for I know that we have tons of baseball nerds listening, but we throw out terms like F war. Oh, war war yeah. is wins above replacement. It means basically the uh, how good a player is if he was replaced by the average baseball player with the average number of statistics. And F war is related to fan graphs calculation of that. It's a website. And B war is related to baseball reference. Mm-hmm. They calculate their their wins above replacement slightly differently. Um, but basically what it means is how much better is that player than the average major league baseball player at his same position. And you know, Abreu I think one of the things that's remarkable is he's going to be batting six, probably. <laughs> I mean, like, talk about a luxury. I mean, a and, $20 and, million dollar MVP guy hitting sixth. Yeah, it's just, and, and, and I, here's something that I kind of think about too. And we, you, you brushed, you just brushed about, uh, I'm losing my mind. You just spoke about it briefly. Um, was his influence in the clubhouse. He is considered a great 
clubhouse guy. You know, he is mm-hmm. considered a leader. Um, and I'm interested to see what his influence is going to be, his impact is going to be on Jordan Alvarez. Because yeah. Yuli, obviously, both from Cuba, Jose Abreu is also from Cuba. Yuli obviously has some influence, but this is a guy that has almost a direct apples to apples comparison with Jordan in terms of his skill set, in terms of the way, you know, he swings the bat. And and they're both from Cuba, obviously 10 years apart in age. I'm going to be real curious to see if he is has an impact on on uh, Jordan just in general. Like Jordan needs any help at this point in his career. But I, I would be very curious to, to know if, you know, because they're both from Cuba um, mm. and they share that culture, I wonder if, he, if there's going to be some rubbing off on that. I, I'm actually kind of curious, too, because Jordan Alvarez already, in my eyes, is wise beyond his years as far as yeah. being a hitter when he's inside the box. And I think that he's still relatively young in his career just in the sense of playing a full season getting adapted to playing more left field getting adapted yeah. to how other teams are going to be adjusting to him and you had a guy like Yuli Gurriel and Aledmus Diaz in that clubhouse who are from Cuba had that common bond and mm-hmm. that relationship to where they could have some serious conversations or maybe you could approach a Jordan and say hey we you can't do it this way you've got to try and do it this way kind of thing and I think that's where Yuli kind of established that foundation and that relationship and maybe Maybe, maybe you have Jose Abreu move in and just kind of reestablish that fact that you have another Cubano friend in that clubhouse to where we can have that conversation. And you think about the career that Jose Abreu's had. He's achieved that ultimate success. Granted, it was in a shortened season with the MVP right. trophy. Now he wants to go out there and win. And I think bringing some of that mentality will help Jordan Alvarez. I think it's going to help guys throughout that lineup, too. because. I do too. Because as successful as the Astros have been with the Jose Altuves, the Alex Bregmans, the the Jeremy Peñas, and and Kyle Tucker's, I think still getting some of these great players in the same clubhouse, you're gonna you're gonna watch this player, the Jose Abreu, come in, and you're gonna go, oh, I did, that's something new, that's something different. I want to try that too, or you gravitate towards it, and you start to have these conversations. So that that's the information you're looking to bring in. But having the stability and understanding on how to play a 162 game season. Uh, when you have more input, I think that helps you in the long run, and I think that's where Jordan is at, is still trying to understand how to get through a 162-game season. And, you know, you, we talk about the personality of Jose Abreu. We talk about yeah. the statistics. He also knows how to play a very long season, and he's a guy that – he's a workhorse in the sense very, that he wants to be on the field every day. And very durable. It, that's a great word for it. Durable is probably the more more – uh, the, the the greater word in baseball is in order to put up great numbers, you have to be durable, and he definitely yeah. brings that. Well, and also, you know, it should be noted that this is the first major addition to the Astros lineup that they have made from outside the organization, really yeah. since Brantley, probably. Um, most point. of their most of their big additions have, if they've made them, have been through the pitching staff. You know, seen with Grinky and then Verlander and so forth, and and uh, relievers like Presley and uh, Hector Neris, people like that. We have not seen a big addition or change to their lineup in a long time. Most of their most of their gets have either been, you know, minor, you know, utility players, things like that, or they've been guys that were built through the organization. So this is kind of a change for the Astros that they're going out there and getting a bat to add to that lineup. It's, I've got to figure it's going to add some juice to the players who are already there because they're like, man, 
we're you know we're now we know we're getting somebody who legit makes contact who legit hit home runs you know mm-hmm. uh not just someone we hope will be good like Jeremy Peña for example or Yuli when he was originally brought in but mm-hmm. someone we know has a track record that's got to be exciting for guys in the lineup in the same way it would be for a pitching staff that added a, an ace pitcher yeah, well, first of all, for for a team that is coming off a World Series championship, yeah, right. and then you send the message that we're going to go out and still get guys if we can and and improve our team. And I think that's what you want to see if you're a Houston Astro player is, are we making moves that are going to improve our team and continue the success in this quote-unquote window that is open right now for them to go out there and win. So that definitely speaks volumes to the credibility in the clubhouse where you're going, okay, Jim, Baggy, whoever it is making these calls and making these moves definitely wants to go out there and continue to win. Same thing with signing Rafael Montero to a three-year deal as you're saying, we need to solidify our bullpen. Okay, we've got our guy for the next three years. We've got our first baseman for the next three years. But at the same time, you know, we've seen that mentality of signing a ton of free agents falter in the New York Yankees yes. and some of these other teams where they don't achieve the success that the Astros have. So as great as it is, I think they need to temper it a little bit and understand that drafting, developing, uh, staying internal and getting some of these guys is, is the way to continue success. But adding a guy like Jose Abreu is an amazing uh, achievement for them in this offseason where everybody expected you know somebody else to maybe take the crown next year. Now it's still, I mean, it goes through Houston, but now it's going to be a little bit tougher to go through Houston. And the yeah. one big number for me on Jose Abreu, and you know, we're, we're stroking him pretty good right here, <laughs> and is, the, is the number that he hits with runners in scoring position. Going through some of these numbers, I, that these two numbers jumped at me. He is a career 311 hitter with, a, with runners in scoring position, number one, with two outs, 308. 308 that, with two outs? With two outs. And there's wow. not there's really not a clutch number out there that you can quantify. Oh, is this right. guy clutch? Can he get the big hit? But for me, the risk number and the two-out risk number are the two numbers that you can kind of point to and say, this guy might have a pretty good idea of how to be clutch. And those are great numbers. I'd be curious to see what that number is uh, seventh inning or after, too. Uh, that'd be yeah. really interesting to see what those... Yeah, I mean, look, there's no denying that... Uh, that Jose Abreu is a huge upgrade for the Astros lineup. Um, what is it? I mean, are, are they? Do you think they're going to bring Yuli back now? I mean, I know that this for a lot of people this hit hard because a lot of people do love Yuli. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do too. Who doesn't love Pina? You know, La Pina. Um, <laughs> but and and there's been you know obviously some talk about maybe a utility role, something like that. I just wonder is it are the, is that something we think the Astros are going to do, or is he just going to get more money from somebody else? Um, it, it, that's actually an interesting, uh, you know, thought process is, you know, it, it, it's, this is where baseball is extremely hard. And this might be where I'm a little bit jaded having been an ex player and been mm. on the, been on the receiving side of the business and been on the, the ax <laughs> end of the, uh, of, of the business side of it, where the numbers just don't match up. And I've got to, you know, you've got to let, get, let a guy go and move on and pick another yeah. guy who is an upgrade. So that's where the tough conversation comes in because we talked about the you know those 
those, those X factors, those, those intangibles that you can't really quantify with a, a statistic or an analytic is what kind of human Yuli is in that clubhouse and what mm-hmm. he means to those guys. There's a certain comfort when you see Yuli come through the clubhouse doors and come into the room that no matter what he's going through, he is going to provide uh, some levity, some positivity, right. or, or something extra that is going to make your day a little bit better. And that's what you really can't quantify. But it seems like Jose Abreu will do a good job of trying to fill that role, but at the same time, losing a guy like Yuli will probably have more of an impact emotionally than it will physically on the field. And that's where as a management team, you have to decide what is the best move for the team. And if okay. you really want to get into it, and again, I love I love Yuli. I think he is Me great. Too. I think that he has one of the better swings I've seen in the big leagues. Yeah. Plays a phenomenal first base. The humble pie going from third base to first base and becoming a gold glover. Right. Exponential. The guy has been fantastic. <laughs> he has cemented himself as one of the best first basemen in Astros history. But this might be the time. And if you think about him being a utility guy, he's a corner guy. He's a third baseman. He's a first baseman. He only hits right-handed. Um, you know, some of those numbers, some of those splits didn't look good last year. How are they going to translate in 2023? Yeah. Those are some of the analytic sides that you're going to have to look at when you're creating your ball club. And when you think about building a utility player and having a guy that can move around, he doesn't play shortstop. You've got to be hyper-athletic as far as a utility guy is, and I'm not yeah. sure that Yuli is that guy. And then you add the price tag to it <laughs> and say, could we have a – David Hensley, Mauricio Dubon for two million or less, or do we sign a Yuli Guriel at six to you know five to eight million dollars? You know the cost effectiveness, mm-hmm. and that's just the business part of it. Unfortunately, it is. And I know that Yuli probably still thinks that he provides value at first base, and there may be a team out there that offers him a contract to go play first base. Yeah, it, I, you definitely have to wonder that. And you're right; the, the Astros still have the ability to build some within. Like we've talked about Pedro Leon on here. He's played mm. center. He yeah. can play short. Um, you know, we talk. He, Hensley's another good one. Mauricio Dubon. These are all guys that can play a lot of different roles, and it definitely feels like that might leave Yuli on the outside looking in, which is unfortunate. But unfortunately, yeah. yeah, it is because he's a he's a great guy, and a, and and I, we'd hate to see him go. But here's the other thing, though. You know, Jim Crane has said they're not done, and and the winter, like we said, the winter meetings are next <laughs> week. There are some names flying around out there that, f- frankly, are. Wow. I mean, the number one name right now. I mean, we've seen Brandon Nimmo, which is one that I, I'm like, Brandon Nimmo would look really good in this lineup, mm-hmm. right? But the one that's flying around is Wilson Contreras, and the the that's rumor, a big get. It's a huge get. Now the the rumor is is that Contreras would be the essentially the third catcher. And would spend time in left field and DH because he's played left field previously in his rookie season. He's really athletic, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, Contreras is a huge get. I, I, again, we go back to that F war number. I saw somebody post that their F war. I think it was twenty eight last year, and then mm-hmm. with uh, Abreu it jumped to like thirty two, and with Contreras it would jump to like thirty six or something crazy. I mean, and and think about this for a minute. Imagine if Contreras is batting seventh, seventh in this lineup. Who's pitching to this lineup? And then you say, okay, well, we'll we'll play Chaz McCormick uh, in center field, or maybe we have Pedro Leone up. Um, you know, and your weakest link is Martin Maldonado. 
that it's just to me like I look I'm having a hard time talking because when I think about that lineup mixed with this pitching staff I'm not sure who like first of all it's hard enough to score runs on the Astros now as it Jeez. is yeah but if you're talking about then having to really keep pace with a team that is just one bat after another and Wilson Contreras and the Astros do have money they still have like 35 million dollars under the luxury tax that includes mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers that it would take to re-sign guys expected returns for guys who are in arbitration. So, yeah. Thoughts? I, mean, I don't know what else Ugh. to say. I mean, well, good I'm, lord. As you're talking, I'm I'm sitting here doing the same thing you're doing, and it's like, okay, Maldi's behind the plate. Wilson Contreras in Minute Maid Park. Obviously, yes. you can hide guys in left field at, at Minute Maid Park, so he's going right. to play a majority of those games at left field at home. Uh, if not, you know, on the road in Boston, I'm just trying to think of some of these places. But right. uh, um, and then you have Wilson Contreras in left, and that means that your DH is is Jordan Alvarez. Yep. And like you said, we already <laughs> talked about Abreu moving into the sixth spot in that lineup, and then you move, <laughs> and then you move Wilson Contreras to the seventh spot, and then you, and then you've got, I, I mean, Maldi and Chaz at seven and eight, and. Those guys could explode at any minute, but I can only imagine, and I think that's what we're starting to see possibly in the in the West, if not some of these American League teams, is yeah. you've got in order to compete with the Astros, you have to go out and get pitching. And I'm not sure that there's enough pitching to go out there and compete with the lineup that is throwing out a 36 F war. I don't I, that that's unimaginable to me because even if you catch, let's say you catch an Altuve or and a Jordan Alvarez at a bad spot. Yeah. Oh damn! I got to face Jeremy Pena, Alex Bregman, Jose Abreu, Wilson Contreras. I mean, what the heck, man? I mean, and Kyle I Tucker just... is going to be in that lineup too. I mean, what? Right. I mean, for me as an offensive, you know, guy growing up and playing in the big leagues, obviously I appreciate the hell out of the pitching staff because they're fun to watch. But if you tell me in 2023 that I get to watch Astros baseball with a thunderous lineup like that. Right. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, well, I might as well just sit in the booth with pom-poms on. <laughs> Last year, the highest ranked F-war for offense, just mm-hmm. offense, never mind defense, was the Dodgers, and they were at 32.9. So they could they could beat that by four? <clears throat> four wins? Yeah. I mean, that's the that's one of the stats that I've seen. That was a 111-win team. <sighs> yeah. I just... It's hard to believe, and and by all reports, by the way, and these are from legitimate sources, not from just like random guys on Twitter, are saying that the Astros are dead serious about signing Contreras, and that they're meeting with him at the winter meetings. So he is someone that is one hundred percent on their radar. I mean, I'm fascinated by I. In a way, Plummer, I feel like this is it, it's almost poetic justice. To me, because it's like I've thought about this, too. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, because it's like all the all the nonsense that the Astros have taken. This is a little bit like piling on. It's a little evil empire ish. And I can't and I'm not going to hate it at all. But it's a little bit like, all right, we prove that we can win without any of the, you know, sign stealing nonsense. We prove that we could do this consistently over years. We won the World Series again. And now we're going to go out and get some incredible bats to add to this lineup. And our oh, and oh, by the way, we could let Justin Verlander go because we have so Gosh. many pitchers, the vast majority of which are homegrown guys or guys they found mm-hmm. in you know Venezuela and you know and uh, 
in Mexico, in the case of Jose Urquidy, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's it, we've you know we've used the term embarrassment of riches many times over the course of this season. This is next level. This is next level. I mean, this is first of all, it's they're already incredible in their pitching staff and their bullpen. Mm-hmm. This is just now you're adding the lineup to it. This yeah. could be. I mean, if if they are able to stay healthy, and of course that's always the great you know that's always the great equalizer is is health Mm -hmm. but if they were to stay healthy and they do add wilson Contreras, and this becomes like their lineup this could be one of the great like you know who knows what they do in the postseason this could literally be 111 112 115 win team just simply by virtue of the fact (laughs) that they have some of the best players in baseball playing for them it's just crazy to think that but it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah, it's not too often that you, I mean, we've watched a lot of baseball. You and I have been, you know, on this planet for, you know, a good 50, almost 50 plus years now. Yep. And we've watched baseball for an, for an extended amount of time. Yes. And we, you know, we've all witnessed the Atlanta Braves. We've witnessed the New York Yankees of the late 90s. <clears throat> yep. And just some of these, you know, the dynasty word that keeps getting thrown out. But yep. how often have you actually seen a World Series team go into an offseason, arguably, you're, Let's just imagine that you're going to lose your ace Cy Young Award winner. Mm-hmm. Think about that. You're losing the number one A in your rotation, <laughs> and you're not panicked. You can, but you go out and continue to bolster a lineup that is going to to go out there and compete and give you the the ability to go out there. It's it's unbelievable to me. I don't think I've ever seen this. But you're right in the embarrassment of riches and the idea of. Yeah, we just won. We, we, we've now shifted the idea that, oh, this organization can only win because they get signs, which is wrong and has been mm-hmm. wrong for years. And now you're adding, you now you're seeing players go, I want to be a part of that. And I think that's what's interesting about the free agent market is now that you've got guys on the outside going, they've, they're doing something over there. I want right. to be a part of that. I want to go win. And I think right. that's, what's great to see that shift because earlier I think it might've been like, Ooh, I don't want to be, I don't want it. That's contaminated. I don't right. want to go over there. Now they're going, Oh man, that's a load. Okay. We, they just confirmed that that was a load of junk. Now I want to go over there and be a part of it. I want to go get my ring. You're seeing guys with heavy individual yes. accolades all of a sudden going, I want to, I'm going to go over there and win. Well, this is, it, it reminds me of the NBA. In that regards, is this reminds me oh, of like super Kev- teams? Yeah. yeah, it's like Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors, right? That's a great. I mean, that's a great comparison. Yeah. It's 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 has that vibe to it. I've got, but I think one of the great things that's really developed here, because in baseball it is quite different. You you add one guy, it doesn't instantly change everything. But I think one mm-hmm. of the things is the Astros have not only have not only developed a great squad of players, right? Not only, and, and a lot of them from the inside, a lot of them from the minor leagues and places like that, but they have built a, you know, a, a, an organization that you look at now and, and team players look at from the outside and they're like, okay, these yes. guys aren't messing around. You know, they're legit about what they're doing. They're going to, they're, you know, and look, as much as people used, you know, would question the Patriots, approach to things <clears throat> there's no there's no fooling with the results i mean you can't sit there and say like and and their results were built from an organization that knew how to build both from within and from outside mm-hmm. and was willing to take care of guys who took care of them um it's a, it's a remarkable kind of thing to talk about when we're talking about houston sports because i've been in houston sports for you know 
my entire life. And this yep. is not something I've ever seen, you know, in Houston sports for this is not uh, this kind of franchise earth shattering kind of maneuvers, even after a world series, hell, we've only had one world series and two national basketball championships in this, in this city. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's rare already, but then when you're saying, oh yeah, we won and we're going to get better. Yeah. They're not satisfied, satisfied. They're going to go, they want more. And I, you've got to get, I mean, these moves, Jim Crane, no GM, the guts to fire, uh, not fire, but let go a, a James yep. Click in a situation like this. And uh, be like, well, we'll hire to, somebody in January. You know? Yeah. And I mean, and there's no panic. There's just the idea of we're going to go out there and continue to reload and go out there and attack the World Series championship. It wasn't, yeah. you know, 2016, the Cubs win the World Series in, you know, 2016 and then they disappear. 2019, the Washington Nationals win the World Series championship completely going to tank and going last place and now you have a, you know the, the sustained greatness and the idea of how to go out and do that and maintain a payroll that allows you the ability to yeah. do that you know you got to give Jim Crane a lot of credit and he came into a town here in southeast Texas it, you know foot Friday night lights yep. football like you said James Harden the Rockets during that whole time that he moved into the baseball organization he has flipped Houston into a baseball city and oh, he is run yes. with it it doesn't. It doesn't hurt either that the Texans are a total Good dumpster God. fire at the same time. I mean, the return of Deshaun Watson. I. It's Ugh. just you couldn't write anything worse for the Texans. And on the flip side, you almost couldn't write a better script than the yeah. Astros. And they're, they're the off-season conversation. They have. They have yes. overwhelmed. Normally, it's football. Football. Now you've yes. got. Oh my gosh, what is Jim going to do next? Speaking of that, look, one last thing I want to dig into before we before we close it out. So Bagwell has obviously become a kind of a key role in this. Now, you know, you know him. You guys know each other some, and Love so I'm him. not going to dig into your uh, you know, relationship with Baggy, but I will say it's pretty fascinating the fact that he has become, I don't want to say the, the voice on Jim Crane's shoulder exactly, mm-hmm. but he's definitely become a pretty significant advisor. He went to Miami to sort of help close out that deal with Jose Abreu. Um, you know, I think his, his comments the other day about getting away from analytics some have raised a few eyebrows um, uh, amongst a number of people around baseball and certainly here in Houston. Mm-hmm. What do you make of all of that? I mean, you know, setting aside, I mean, Bagwell's obviously a guy that people love. He's beloved here because of not only what he's done on the field, but he's a, he's a good dude and he's funny. Um, obviously, when he's been on the broadcast with you guys, he's he's mm-hmm. been uh, he's been really engaging. Fans enjoy it. What do you take? What do, what do you sort of make of of sort of his role right now within the organization? Well, he, he's had to earn it. You know, he, he, you know, he's worked himself after that Hall of Fame year that he had, he's really worked himself into the good graces of the organization and credit the organization for giving them, giving him that opportunity, but he is obviously fully invested. And what I mean by that is, is he wants to be in talking to these guys. He wants to be talking to Jim. He wants to win. So you've got this, you've got this, this veteran player, Hall of Fame player who has an idea of how to play the game, what it takes to play the game. Mm-hmm. And then you start to have him start to evaluate talent. And to his credit, he's traveling around to a lot of these minor league teams and getting his eyes on these guys. So the combination of, of wanting to win, putting out the effort has earned him the right to speak to Jim about some of these players and what could make this team better. 
And that being said, going to the visit to Miami, this happens a lot in Major League Baseball where you, you start to court these guys whether it be a free agent or a number one draft pick, you'll yeah. send not, not necessarily an ambassador of the organization, but somebody in the organization who can float in there and yeah. sit back, listen to all the numbers get thrown around, and then lean in on the on the player and say, hey, this organization has established greatness. This is a oh, great yeah. city. Tell them what it's like to live there. Tell them wh- you know, where the <clears> restaurants <throat> are. Uh, tell them about the tax breaks. You know, I mean, just some of the some of the intricacies of playing in that city and what it means to be a Houston Astro. And that's what Baggy flew in and did. He provided that extra oomph that says, you know what, Altuve is a great clubhouse guy. Uh, you know, this is what's great about this ballpark. This is what's great about this city. I know this guy that could hook you up with that. You know, all these, you know, these external factors that may sway the the player to come to that city. But for Baggy, he is he's old school. Yeah, he he's never been a guy that has embraced the analytics. You can hear him on our broadcast because I like the numbers and I think <laughs> yeah. they tell a good story and maybe back up what my eyes are telling me. <clears throat> right. But Baggy is definitely a feel guy. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it, you take everything in context and how it was said. I think just the timing of it, mm-hmm. you know, if he if he said this a year ago, uh, even six months ago, if he says that about the analytics, you're going, OK, I get it. But after a World Series championship, you're like, oh, my gosh, why did he say that? And it's like blown out of proportion. <laughs> right. So, you know, timing has a lot to do with it. But Baggy's never been an analytic guy. He, he likes to get his hands on things. He likes to see it, feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's just how he grew up. You know, now there's some of us like us who like the guy and say, this guy's going to be great. And then we can back it up with a number and really yeah. put some, you know, some contextual uh, identity to this thing and, and really prove that this is a good move. Well, I think you need both in an organization. You, you That's what every organization is trying to find right now. Yeah, you need a blend, as they as they yeah. like to refer to it now, the blend of analytics and, and feel. You know, um, I had mentioned before that uh, I had interviewed on numerous occasions Daryl Morey, and he and I sat down one time. We were doing. I was working on a book, and and we sat down and talked about analytics and what it means, and sort of why it's important and everything. Because obviously, he's one of the first guys to really bring it to basketball. And one of the things that he said is, it doesn't determine what's going to happen. Obviously, he goes, "That's games are played by humans," but. What it does is help to give you some predictive ideas of what might happen and give Mm -hmm. you ways to sort of plan for those occasions. And his belief is that it's most effective in baseball because you do have such specific situations. And he thinks it honestly probably shouldn't be used very much at all in like football where everything is based on timing and a bunch of guys working together at once. So I think even, even a guy like Maury, who was super, you know, who's a super hardcore analytics guy didn't suggest that it should be like the be all end all. He said, ultimately Mm -hmm. this is about, he said, what it's really about is putting players in the best position to be successful and then allowing them to execute that. And he goes, if you can find numbers that help explain that and help say, Hey, if you change this part of your game just slightly, it will, it will cause you to be more successful. That's what it really is about. And I think people get worked up by the numbers. Look, everybody wants to believe that they're nerdy enough that they can be the next nerd on the block, right? You know. And, of course, we've seen success stories like that. There are guys who now are general managers, assistant general managers, who started out as interns and you know worked their way up. And we all love those stories. But the reality is, is that baseball is still played by players. Yeah. And and Bagwell's right. It's not played by computers. And so 
if but if the computers can help you play the game better then you know hey that's great and i don't think anybody should be freaking out about that i do find it interesting that suddenly we've discovered that bagwell has such a role i mean maybe you already knew but i think a lot of people didn't really realize that jeff bagwell had had such a substantial role in the organization it's pretty fascinating really good for the astros if they think if he's doing a good job yep i think it's fantastic all right bummer what do you got going this weekend buddy are you playing golf um I'll probably end up playing golf at some point, but I just want to point out that this week, like you just said earlier in the podcast, has been a great a great week for Houston sports. Uh, You've got the signing of Jose Abreu. Yes. You have got the Cougs ranked number yes, one number in the one. NCAA basketball, which I absolutely love. Kelvin Sampson making things happen. My alma mater. That a baby. And then USA Soccer moving on yes. to the uh, knockout round, which yes. was great to see. And you being a musician... I don't know how you feel about and you said heavy metal earlier. Oh. Metallica. Brand new single just coming out. They announced a world tour. So that this has been a great news weekend here <laughs> in Houston. A, and if you're dude, a metal fan. Dude, I, I I remember listening to when I was in my twenties, listening to their first album. There was this guy I used to I when I was playing back then and I was playing in all these hard rock bars back when I was like in my early twenties. And there was nice. one place where this guy always used to play stuff for me. He was like, You need to listen to this. And he nailed every single time. And I remember that was the first time I'd heard For Whom the Bell Tolls. I remember oh, thinking, boy. wow, this is this is strong. So, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, look, it, it, we it is it, the news cycle is 20. It used to be 24 hours. Now it's 24 seconds. There's stuff going on every single day. You're right. USA men's soccer, even after that guy got took one for the team let's just say when you end up in the hospital after being having something hit you in the nuts that's the they probably had to like surgically replace it after it got shoved Uh, up into his sternum i don't think people like i was but you know that was incredible it was unbelievable and i'm i mean i'll be honest i was all felt queasy for him i mean Mm -hmm. we know what that's like that ain't good but and then to have him in the hospital being like i'll be back on saturday don't worry i'm like these guys are it's funny for all the soccer guys because they're always flailing and falling all over the place Mm -hmm. when they don't even get touched yet there's just some tough bastards i mean i wouldn't want to mess with them and so yeah congrats first of all running for 90 minutes sounds terrible Oh. But then you add the contact and like he, he sold him he sold himself out to get that oh, he goal did. and you know I read that, that will be a that, legendary replay for decades. I read somewhere that they run like something like eleven miles in every you know for every match if they run it's like eleven miles, I'm dude. Out. Yeah, exactly. I'm be a goalie. <laughs> Hundred percent. Like, why wouldn't you be a goalie? I want to be. Um, remember the movie Victory. I want to be Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone in Victory. I want to be the guy that stands back there and protects the goal. That's it. There was, and that's by the way, you've never seen that soccer movie. Go see it. Nazi era yep. soccer with Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone, Max von Sydow. It's good. Yeah. Pele strong. is in it for Christ's sake. Pele's in it. Pele. It's strong. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a fresh pod and lots more to come on Believe in Astros brought to you by Bet Online. Again, huge thanks to all our listeners and viewers all across the world. Yes. You guys are awesome. People have been leaving comments on YouTube. Uh, good stuff. Really appreciate it. Make sure to crush uh, those subscribe and like buttons the way Jose Abreu will hammer home runs at Minute Maid next year. And that is so cool to be able to say right now. 
Yeah. Uh, let's just be honest. Watching I, the first time he hits one in the Crawford boxes, I'm gonna probably leap out of my own Crawford boxers. That was a terrible <laughs> There <pun>. you go. <laughs> and you know that uh, I'm probably gonna Crawford box the something out of something. Yeah. Oh. And you'll you'll be working though, Plumber. Let's you know, yeah, maybe, let's hope so, huh? Maybe after you get <laughs> off work. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.